Welcome to CareCast, CareNet's podcast on family, faith, and life with Roland Warren, CareNet's President and CEO, and Vincent DeCaro, CareNet's Chief Outreach Officer. CareCast and more pro-abundant life commentary from CareNet can be found at care-net.org, where you can watch videos, download ebooks, and subscribe to the Abundant Life blog. Now let's listen in on what Roland and Vince have for us this week on CareCast. So Roland, we are here for another episode of CareCast. Yes, we are. We are. It's a, it's a beautiful spring afternoon. Um, yeah, yeah, it's going to be fantastic outside today. I understand it's supposed to be 80 degrees. It's going to be eight. It's sunny. Yeah. There's a nice breeze blowing. Mm-hmm. And yet, not, not in the studio. Not in the studio. Well, sometimes when we talk, there's a, pretty, <laughs> there's a breeze blowing, if you know what I mean. Oh, speak for yourself. Yes, that's right. Yeah. Uh, but then you were speaking for yourself. <laughs> I was. I was. Yeah. I, I noticed I said sometimes, and that's really, I was referring to the times that I'm talking. So. Yeah, well, there you go. Yeah, yeah. But but when you talk, it's it's always it's always it's, good. It's just a breath of yeah, fresh, fresh air. Breath of, it's, you know, ever notice there's like a very, there's a, not much room between a breath of fresh air and just blowing hot air, right? It's, <laughs> yeah. Often you can't tell the difference. No, um, often you can't, especially when you listen to politicians. Oh, true, true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah but yeah, we're here, oh, and we are yeah. going to do that. But we're not going to do any of that. No. no, no blowing hot air, any of that. We're going to talk about the facts. This is yeah, and this is yeah. going to be this is going to be good. So yeah, we just were alerted to um, some remarks that came up. So Life News reported that in the um, there was a recent court filing for the case Alliance for Hippocratic. Medicine versus the FDA. Right. So this was the case in which this group, the Alliance for Hippocratic Medicine, was filing a lawsuit against the FDA for apparently, you know, in, in, obviously in, in terms of how they're framing it, the FDA, you know, illegally pushed through the abortion pill. Right, right. Through, using procedures that were actually meant for like life-saving drugs and things like that yeah. in order to get the abortion pill approved by the FDA. And I think part um, of the logic there too was that pregnancy was a disease. They had to yes, they had to fight they had, had to classify pregnancy as a life-threatening disease, yes. Yeah, which really. Yes. I mean, yeah. cuz this is the same basically framework that was used in order to kind of fast track uh, drugs for AIDS. Right. For exactly. example. Right. So, there was no alternatives available. Yes. That was that was the criteria, right? It's yeah. life-threatening and there's no alternatives available. Yeah. So therefore the FDA has to step in, speed up the process and get this drug delivered to the public. Yes, and they bastardized the process, so to speak, right, right. in order to accommodate yeah. it yeah. for abortion. Right. For, and the only way you could do that is you had to say, well, not maybe the only way, but the way that right. they did it right. was that to say that pregnancy was actually a disease. Right, yes. And the cure yeah. was terminating the life of the child. Yeah. yeah. And you know, it's funny because, I, I mean, one of the things, my wife's a physician, and one of the things she said to me that I thought was really revealing, she said, you know, when she has a patient that comes to her and she, you know, examines them. They find something. It looks cancerous or something like that. Mm-hmm. She sends them to oncology. They do a test and they determine, oh, my gosh, this is cancerous. The patient's perspective is I need to get this out of me as fast as possible. Right. Naturally. Sure. This, I need to get this out of me as fast as I possibly can. Right. And one of the observations she had with I think is so interesting, particularly coming from a medical professional, is that that's the way that we are now treating the unborn. In the case of abortion. Right, right. That, I, so it's interesting that the sort of framework that the mm. FDA used here is actually a perspective mm-hmm. that actually exists in the culture for folks who are facing pregnancy decisions and don't want the children. I think about it as if I got a cancer diagnosis. Right, right, right. Get the, you need to get this out of me as fast as possible, right? right? Because right. this is life-threatening. This is killing me. That's how you think about cancer. Right, right, right. And now you've ascribed that same perspective to 
one of God's image bearers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a, it's, it's a very chilling. It's, yeah. it's chilling, very problematic, and right. I, essentially what they did kind of follows that that orientation and that perspective. Yeah, yeah, hundred uh, percent. Yeah. So as you can imagine, in the in this case, you know, lots of different voices step in and file briefs mm-hmm. with the court supporting you know both sides here, the FDA. They're filing briefs. They're filing briefs. Okay. Yes. Are, yeah. are they wearing briefs? <laughs> that's a that's a. Boxers or briefs? Is the, <laughs> that's the age-old question. And it's important question. that the brief that you file not be the one that you wear. Yes. That's a total, you cannot. I wonder if lawyers get confused about that kind of stuff every now and then. They've Uh-oh. got their two briefs there. If, if like a certain lawyer gets like a reputation for filing the wrong one, oh, that's right. Here comes Attorney Smith again. That's right. It has Haynes on the label. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. Not that one. The other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, I digress. Uh, there, you, there you go. So, yeah. Um, and what if you're also a boxer? That becomes a lawyer. Then that could be. Then it's just going to become even more. Confusing. And if you're wearing briefs, oh yeah, I mean, hey, this is super complicated. This, we'll have to cover this in another podcast. Clearly, so, yeah. Anyway, so what were you saying, Vince? <laughs> yeah. So before in the, I interrupted you, <laughs> that's okay. Yeah, no, I, I, that was a good interruption. It was important that we clarify that. So, <laughs> well, I, I just thought people out there would be saying, "I wonder." You know, and we <laughs> what, we never kind of we never want people to be confused. No, our our goal is clarity. Yes, clarity. Yes. So, one of the court filings was by a Texas A&M economics professor, mm-hmm. Jason Lindo, uh, or Lindo, I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce his name, but if it's a, you know, it mm-hmm. could be Lindo. And he put in a court filing defending the FDA's perspective about the need for the abortion pill to be readily available mm-hmm. to women. And because he's an economics professor, he kind of made it largely an economics argument. Wow. And basically what his argument was, as reported on LifeNews.com, was that the mothers who typically access the abortion pill are mothers who are living in poverty, who have low education levels, et cetera, et cetera. And their children, if they were to be born and not aborted, would be born into these kinds of situations and therefore be more likely to live in poverty, to fail in school, Mm -hmm. to suffer all of these negative economic outcomes. And therefore, that's an argument for why they should be aborted. Wow. Right. So that sounds familiar. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, without actually coming out and saying, you know, <laughs> Margaret Singer. Right, right. Yeah. <laughs> without coming out and saying this, the, Margaret Singer. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. He's he's essentially making the Margaret Sanger argument, yeah. which is that folks who are disadvantaged yeah. should be discouraged from having children. Yes. And sometimes very strongly discouraged yes. from having children. Like sterilized. Right, exactly. Um, Force forcibly. Right. Yeah. And so if necessary by yeah. any means possible. Yeah. And I, you know, and I think in this day and age, we think that we're sort of past all that stuff. Oh, yeah. there's, you know, there's no eugenicists around anymore. But the kind of crux of that argument is yeah. still very much alive in what this professor is saying. Yeah. These are these are children who are going to be poor, have negative life outcomes. So it's important that their mothers have access to the abortion pill so that they can end their lives so that they don't have to live those terrible lives. And if that's not a eugenics type argument, I don't know what is. No, I, it absolutely is. And it's interesting, you know, that Ronald Reagan quip mm-hmm. that those who are for abortion are already born, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, 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 right. <laughs> be, he's noticed that they tend to already be born. Yeah. You know, that yeah. perspective. I mean, you're making a, a value judgment, if you will, around the quality of the life of someone in the womb and not giving them an opportunity to even have that. Mm-hmm. And you imagine there's so many people that were born and circumstances that seem just inconceivably, mm-hmm. you know, difficult mm-hmm. and that there's nothing, you know, that kind of a perspective. And, and yet 
have amazing lives mm-hmm. and contribute amazingly to to culture and to faith and to all kinds of things. So, you know, the the presumption there is pretty arrogant when you it's think horrible. about it. Mm-hmm. And and you know, but it 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 does really reflect a underlying perspective that drives the abortion decision. And it's basically this. Nothing good can come from this child. Mm-hmm. It's not even 50-50. It's not mm-hmm. like, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's not even close. 51-49. I mean, really, not, this child is a net negative um, mm-hmm. to society. Mm-hmm. And therefore, society is better off. This woman's better off. Everyone's better off if this child is aborted. Mm-hmm. And you're making that judgment based on a limited amount of information, which is the circumstances of the birth, mm-hmm. basically. So you're saying the circumstances of this child's birth is determining its worth. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. That, that, so you're making, you're not making a judgment based on the inherent, you know, sort of humanity of the child or any of those things. You're basically saying these circumstances are what determine your worth. Right. And right. therefore, because we're looking at this set of circumstances, therefore you're worth less. Mm-hmm. And, and by the way, that mentality, that's the same mentality that exists with slavery, mm-hmm. right? The circumstances of your birth determine your worth and, and all kind of classisms and mm-hmm. all kinds of isms that you find out there in, in society all spit on that same perspective that the circumstances determine your worth. Mm-hmm. You come from the wrong side of the tracks, therefore you're worth less. You come yeah. with a different, certain skin color, therefore you're worthless. And and then you, you're in a different sp- stage of sort of human development, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so that you're inside the womb versus outside the womb. Therefore, you know, your the circumstances of your, quote, birth and potential birth uh, determine your worth. So it's really problematic because yeah. it's a worldview that, that reflects the, some of the most heinous injustice that we've seen, not just in American culture, but in the world. Because yeah. a lot of it draw, is driven from that perspective. The circumstances around a person's situation is what determines their value. Mm-hmm. You, know, you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, and, and the, the part of it that also just makes it just super problematic is, again, it's just sort of the the, the powerful yeah. sort of determining what happens to the vulnerable. Like, yes. it, like it's up to us, you know, wealthy or middle class or educated or whatever people. Or outside the birth. Right. Outside, outside the birth canal. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. To determine what's best for, quote, those people. Yes. Right. And they are those people. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, because essentially this person is saying that, you know, th- that, th- you know, th- th- we have all these. And, and the way he actually words it in his in his testimony is that essentially society, the rest of society, us people, we all have to be prepared to know that if abortion is av- isn't available, that we're going to have the burden yes. of taking care of all these children that are born yeah. that otherwise should have been aborted if the abortion pill was available. Yes. And, you know, if the FDA has its way, this is the right thing to, to happen. Right. Um, and so it really isn't us versus them. Yes. Power, powerful versus vulnerable. vulnerable. Like he's basically saying, like, don't you guys realize that? It's going to be our burden to take care of all these yeah. people over there that are just uneducated, poor, all like yeah. a burden on society. Yeah, and and that perspective is is a classism, racism, all the other isms yeah. you can think of, yeah. all wrapped up into one, and, and yeah. we need to stand against and, that. Yeah, and, so. you, and you can imagine that if that perspective was yeah. coming from somebody of a different sort of maybe political background, that it would have been received very differently. Yeah. But when you have that perspective in defense of abortion, it's like all sins are forgiven, all yes. bets are off. If you're doing it in defense of abortion, thumbs up. Yep. Amen. If you're yeah, saying yeah. if you're saying the same thing in any other context, it's 
it's all like you, like you said, it's all the isms to come out, you know. I agree. And so it, it we need to be consistent. So, Absolutely. So yeah. So obviously we're going to keep on, you know, defending defending the vulnerable, um, the unborn being chief among those. And Amen. So that's what we do here here at CareNet. Absolutely. Thank you, Rollin. We hope you enjoyed this episode of CareCast. For more pro abundant life commentary and practical resources, please visit care-net.org. There you can subscribe to the Abundant Life blog, giving you access to videos, ebooks, podcasts, and other resources to help turn your pro life passion into pro abundant life action. Until next time, we pray that God blesses you and yours daily.